Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being back with us for our second edition in a row. This is our podcast number 320. And my friend Keith Giles is with me. And as we said last week, I first had the privilege and pleasure of interviewing him a couple of years ago on podcast number 78. Guys, the time has flown by <laughs> and you've written several books since then and launched out on other things, but thanks for being back with us again this week. Oh, Paul, it's wonderful to be back with you again and uh, continue our conversation. This is great. Thank you. It is for me too. And as we talked about last week, I'm getting ready to, well, my new book, Grace to All, same name as this podcast, will come out two or three weeks after people listen to this, really. And it's about connecting the people who I've interviewed, helping people connect with them. And telling, I've got a couple of pages where I talk about you and, and the other folks there, the things that you do to help people. And then I mentioned your books and podcasts and all of those things. So dovetailing off of that, Keith, when somebody gets a hold of the book and they reads it, they're interested in what they see about Keith Giles and they start to follow you and listen to your podcast, read your blogs and get your books and stuff. What are they going to find? How's their life going to be enriched by connecting with Keith Giles? I guess I can say what I hope they're going to find. And, and this is kind of based on, I guess, a little bit of what my intention is, as well as some feedback I've been getting from people who have read my books or listened to my podcasts or read my blogs, whatever. Something that I really love to do is to take complicated ideas and concepts and simplify them for the average person. And so, I mean, I guess that probably started years ago when I was in college. I was a philosophy minor in college, and I would read these really complicated, difficult, dense philosophical books by Hegel and Kant and Kierkegaard and all these kind of people. And I remember sitting there, you know, as a college student reading some of these philosophy books. And sometimes I'd read the same page or even sometimes the same paragraph like 20 times over and over, reading it slowly and thinking, okay, what does that mean? What is this? Until I finally sort of cracked the code and I would be like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. He just means something really simple. He just he's just trying to say this and this and this equals that or means that. Okay. And so I also though remember after I would spend all that time and energy trying to break down, you know, what is this complicated idea they're trying to communicate? And when I finally broke it down, I realized it was just this really simple sentence. It was like, why didn't they just say that? I, it really made me angry. Like the person writing this is obviously a very intelligent person. They could just say something really simple. But they don't. They make it kind of, I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or they just don't know how to say it simply. But anyway, I, I, that kind of thing used to always bother me. And then I just would always run into people who felt that same way about the Bible, you know, or, or some, they'd say, well, I read this, but I don't understand this. Or what about this? What about that? They had questions about things. And I'm just kind of a weird person in that I love reading and studying some of these topics, whether that's early church history or, you know, reading like Rene Girard or David Bentley Hart or, 
some of these other like theologians and people that are like really, really smart and spend a lot of time working things out and trying to explain complicated things. And the average person probably won't do that. So what I love to do is to kind of be able to take these things that I've learned and just make them super simple to just say, hey, everybody, I just want you to know this, something really basic and simple, explain it in ways they kind of go, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Because I just kind of feel like that's not very common. I think a lot of times people do, maybe they're trying to show off how smart they are. I don't know. But whatever it is, I just feel like a lot of times people I run into are very confused about certain things. So hopefully, yeah, when you read my blog post, you read my books, you listen to my podcast, I think that's what you're going to come away with is that I will usually start with something like an idea or a premise or a thought or a question and explain it in a way that you, by the end of it, you should just go, oh, I totally get it. I understand that. Thank you. You may, It makes sense now. Wow. That's wonderful. You know, my wife and I, at our age, we're, uh, well, we're both 74 right now. And when we watch a ball game on TV or something, sometimes there will be a commercial and we'll both go, what was that about? And our kind of standard answer, one of us will say to the other, if you got to explain what that's about, you know, now I, part of that I'm sure is our age demographic, but if you have to explain what something's about, something could be getting lost in the message. So that, well, that's a great talent and ability that you have. And I, I'm going to drop something from my vocabulary. I, People used to tell me they got a major or minor in philosophy, and I would say, well, yeah, what do you do? Say, would you like fries with that? (laughs) Well, no longer. I could say, hey, my friend Keith Giles, he's got a minor in philosophy, and he helps people understand complex things. (laughs) See, you know what? Look, philosophy, yeah, it gets a bad rap. And here's the hilarious thing. So that was my minor was philosophy. My major was creative writing. So that, but between those two things, I got that response from people all the time. Like, you're studying what? You have a degree in what? Creative <laughs> writing and, and, a, and, a, and a minor in philosophy. Like, well, yeah, what are you going to do with your life? Um, and that, that's probably why for the longest time I thought I'm never going to make a career out of these things. So somehow I've been able to come to a place where like, no, I can actually make a living writing my books and, and all this kind of stuff. Because there, there are so many things people don't understand. And I think it took me a while to figure that out. Like, you know, because once I started writing blogs and then I started publishing my books and things like that. People then suddenly just start automatically, they want to ask you questions, right? They're like, oh, hey, you know, hey, I liked your book or I like that blog post you wrote or whatever. But hey, can I ask you something like, what's the unforgivable sin? Or you think Jesus is coming back any day now or whatever, right? They're, they'll have some kind of a question that's been bothering them or something they don't understand and they'll ask you. And so I love being able to help people figure things out and answer their questions. If nothing else, point them in the right direction. But, you know, the more you do that, the more you realize that, especially when you get those same questions all over and over and over again, you realize like, yeah, people are really confused about this stuff. So that's why I love being able to do a podcast or write a blog post and say, here's why you're confused about the Mm -hmm. book of Romans, or here's why people don't understand what Jesus is talking about in the Olivet Discourse or whatever. Because A, these things are confusing, and B, a lot of times the answers that we're given, maybe from the pulpit or a Bible teacher or something, just doesn't seem to add up. It's like, okay, they gave me an answer, but I'm still confused. I still don't think it makes sense. Yeah. And so being able to kind of go, well, okay, here's why it doesn't make sense, and here's what's really going on. Here's some things you don't, maybe haven't noticed. Yeah. And um, yeah, so anyway, I love being able to do that. 
That's wonderful. I think of the scripture, uh, Psalms or Proverbs, I can't give you the address, but uh, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I've come to understand that those are his desires that he puts in our heart to begin with, that then he gives to us. And it sounds like he put that desire in your heart. You got the creative writing and the philosophy background to do it. And now he's bringing that about. And uh, just cool to think about that. When people connect with you, one of the things that they can experience is your Square One course. I have friends who've taken that and rave about it, and I know that you're going to have a new class come out soon after this podcast comes out. So tell us about that, if you would, and what's happening there. Thanks for asking me about that. So Square One is something I started a little over two years ago, and it kind of came out of what I just was saying a little bit, like just kind of, first of all, noticing that, man, people come to me a lot asking me specific questions related to their deconstruction, whether it's a specific belief or, you know, a question about the cross or hell or the end times or the afterlife or whatever. People are always asking me these kinds of questions. So I could see people out of a lot of anxiety and uncertainty about a lot of these kind of things. And then what I was feeling was I get these private messages on Facebook or messenger or email, whatever, right? And they'd ask me, so some guy asked me a question. Sometimes we get on the phone. I've actually got on the phone with total strangers and we'll talk for half an hour, an hour mm-hmm. or whatever, and try to help them, you know, kind of counsel them through whatever they're going through in their deconstruction. And I've been doing that for the last probably four or five years at least. And it just felt unsatisfying, Paul, because mm-hmm. I realized like, okay, I talked to this guy for an hour or I answered this person's question, like kind of a stranger. I just kind of connected with them on Facebook or whatever. And I answered that question. And then like, I never hear from them again. I have no idea where they ended up. I don't know what's going on with them, you know? And so it just kind of felt like, am I really helping people? I don't know. I can't really tell if I'm really helping people or not. So yeah, I just kind of thought, okay, uh, what if I could come up with like a 12-week course where I would sort of take one of these kind of major questions that have come up more often than anything else. Most of the questions I get asked all the time anyway. And if I just have one session a week, or kind of record a video session, address that problem or that concern, maybe give them some things to think about during the week. And then we all got together on a Zoom call on the weekend together for an hour, hour and a half, and just kind of checked in like, hey, everybody, how are you tracking with this? What's your struggle with this? What are some things you're still unsure about? You know, And mm-hmm. it's not just me, like I'm just facilitating the conversation. It's it's this community of people that come together. We have usually anywhere from 15 to 20 so people, every round of square one, every square one group that we do together. And then it's the same people coming back week after week. You know, Then the next week we have another session and we have another thing that I know people struggle with and deal with. And then we have some other things to think about during the week. And then we have another Zoom call to follow up on that. And so I was able to kind of put this thing together. About the first six weeks, we deal really, really targeted on the deconstruction part. And then the last six weeks, we deal with really the reconstruction part of it. And this is, here's why, and this is really why I was most excited about putting together Square One, is that I was realizing that so much of what I do already, whether it's my book or my blogs or my podcasts or whatever, and not just me, but like everything else that, that's out there, it's all very focused on deconstruction. There is all kinds of resources on deconstruction out there. And I think that's great. I'm really glad there's so much out there. And again, I've contributed a lot to the deconstruction space, helping people processing deconstruction. But what I realized was I couldn't find almost anything focused on reconstruction of faith. And I realized like if people need anything, it's that. 
they need to figure out like, okay, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. I don't do this anymore. I don't think that anymore. But what do I believe? And what do I do? And what does the future look like now that I've sort of closed the door on all these other things, but I haven't opened any doors in any new directions. So that's the most exciting thing for me is helping people. And I do this. I help them figure out for themselves what their reconstruction process looks like, because I never tell anybody what it should look like. How am I supposed to know? Everybody's going to be at a different place. Everyone's reconstruction process is going to look different. What I try to do, I use the analogy, it's like a salad bar or like a smorgasbord. You know, know, they used to do these all the time when I was younger. I had these big, huge buffet things where you would just basically, you know, I want to lay out for people a range of possible options and give them an opportunity. and, And we do this together through the course of like, well, try this and try that. And then you know, some things you're going to try on and, or, you know, taste and see, and you're going to say, I don't like that. That doesn't work for me. Great. Put that aside, check the box. Mm -hmm. Don't do that again. But a few other things you're going to try out and you're going to look into, and you're going to say, you know what? Oh my gosh, this was great. This is exactly what I need. And so I kind of Mm -hmm. just lay again, a range of options for people, let them sort of figure out for themselves at their own space, at their own time, their own process what that reconstruction looks like. But then the community doesn't go away. Even when the course is over, they're still a part of, we have a private Facebook group. They're still a part of that group. We do Zoom calls. They're they're, they're able to move on to, uh, if they want to, they can go to square two or square three, which are just, we're going to go even deeper in some of these areas. And yeah, it's just been wonderful. I have been so personally blessed to get to know these people. I have learned so much from them, probably as much from them than, than they've learned from me. And it's really enriched my own sort of reconstruction process as well. It's just been beautiful. So being able to see people heal from toxic theology, kind of recover from what I call worm theology, this feeling that God hates me and he's he's disgusted with me and all that. To move into a place of freedom and to really recognize God does love you and you know all that kind of stuff. That's been beautiful. So that's been the greatest thing for me, welcoming people into the square one. Oh, that's wonderful. It's striking to me that kind of similar path that we're on because I do the same thing just within different formats. And one of the things with helping single parents, most of them suffer from a worm theology that's on steroids. And boy, to be able to release them from that. And also the smorgasbord, the buffet thing, that's another thing with my book and with these podcasts because, boy, it's hard for me to realize, but not everybody's going to relate to Paul Gray. But there's some people that are going to relate to Keith Giles or to Malcolm Smith or to Baxter Kruger or Don Keithley or Brad Jerzak, you know, Paul Young, Lisa Kutcher, people who aren't household names in the deconstruction movement. And then they get to think, oh, well, you know, I'd I'd rather connect with this guy who's a former construction worker in Colorado Springs than I would a jazz musician in Lawrence, Kansas or whatever. What is so exciting, Keith, is the time that we live in I so remember in 2009 when I started just getting a, a grasp on grace. I got this book in the mail with no return address or anything on it. It was a book called The Rest of the Gospel by Dan Stone. And I can't think of the other guy's name, but it had a section in it on grace. I'd been a pastor for 20 years. I had no concept. And so I got so excited. And then somebody turned me on to Steve McVeigh's book, Grace Walk. And I thought at the time, Dan Stone had died, and I didn't know how to connect with Steve McVeigh. I was so naive. I thought, I guess I'm the only one. I, nobody <laughs> else knows about this. That's right. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> Well, 
I wasn't the only one, of course. I just didn't know about anybody else. And because of social media and the internet today, the fact that we can connect with so many people with diverse backgrounds, with different interests, coming from different theological backgrounds and uh, all of this kind of stuff, it's such a rich time to be alive. And it's so much fun to see people and get to know them and to find out their stories. Yeah. That's exactly right. I say this all the time to people like, uh, we live in the future. We really do. If you'd have told me when I was in grade school of the ability of the technology to be able to have a device in my pocket that was a camera and a video recorder and a telephone, and I could chat with people on the other side of the planet and you know, like all these things, like what? And it would be this little tiny, thin little piece of glass. Yeah. I mean, no, what are you talking about? Right. Or Or the internet, like Zoom and having video chats. I mean, this was like the Jetsons when I was a kid. It was like, oh, that'll never happen. This is yeah. the future. But we yeah. live in that future now. And it really has been, yeah. you're right. It's just, I'm very, very grateful for the internet, for all these wonderful tools that we have through social media and YouTube and video and Zoom and all this stuff, because it really has made us recognize just how much we're all alike. I mean, we're, we're different, right? Yeah. I mean, like in the square one, there's people in Australia, New Zealand and England and all over the US and people in South America and Canada. And like, so yeah, they're all kind of spread out. But once you actually start talking to people and listening to people, you find a bit of your story and their story, or you find something that they have that they can contribute. They're like, ah, oh, that does it. That answers the question. That is the missing piece of what I was looking for. And it's just been a wonderful, yeah. it's been such a wonderful blessing. It has. Well, I do too. I think that's in part what Jesus meant when he said, you'll do even greater things than I did. Not greater in one sense, but connecting with more people in the same amount of time. I hadn't heard that phrase before. We live in the future, but I'll credit you with that for a couple of weeks and then it'll be mine. And it's yours. It's yours. There you go. <laughs> oh, that's, that joke's getting old, but I still have it. Uh, Thanks again, Keith, for doing this. We're about out of time. So if you would, tell people again how they can connect with you. And don't leave anything out. I mean, tell about all the different things you're doing, if you would. The problem is I'm not sure I can remember them all, but I'll try. I blog at keithgiles.com. It's over on Patheos. Uh, I have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash keithgiles. I've been doing a, just started doing a weekly inner circle blog series. Every Friday, it'll be a different looking at the Gospel of Thomas and the sayings of Jesus in the Gospel of Thomas. That's a lot of fun. I do Heretic Happier podcast. I do Second Cup with Keith, which is a solo podcast where I have a lot of fun. Each week I take one little specific thing and we kind of just do a deep dive into it and uh, hopefully simplify some complicated concepts. Uh, so Second Cup with Keith and Threads, both of those podcasts, that's uh, like an interview podcast I do. Those are both on the Ethos Radio app. You can download those on your Apple or Android phone. Just go to the app store and download Ethos Radio, and you'll have both of those sent to your phone every other Monday. And then I started doing Apostates Anonymous podcast with my friend Matthew DeStefano. It's a lot of fun. We do fake commercials. We have we made up these fake sponsors every episode. It's, we had so much fun doing these hilarious commercials for fake sponsors. So if nothing else, you get a kick out of that. And of course, my books, the Jesus Un series, there's seven of them in the series, all available on Amazon and print and Kindle and audiobook. Oh, what else? Square one, we mentioned. I do. The next round of square one, I think. So we just started week one here in February uh, as we're recording this. So I think the next round will be starting in probably April, end of April, something like that. Yeah, so if anyone's interested in that, you can contact me. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Love to meet people, interact with them. Every month I do a three-week book course on one of my seven books in the Jesus Un series. 
And every month it's a new book. It's only 20 bucks. And we go through chapter by chapter, go much deeper even than the book goes because I have extra material I didn't get to include in the book that we can talk about in the class. And that's just been a blast. It's been a lot of fun walking through those with people. I think that's everything. Maybe I missed something, but I think that's pretty much everything. What a treasure trove. And I don't think I mentioned, but in our new book, Grace to All, in addition to the two-page article I write about Keith and the other people, I also have a section uh, in the back in alphabetical order, and I list all of those things about each one of our guests. And I can see uh, I'm going to have to contact my publisher and update a few things with you. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're adding new things all the time. Oh, yeah. uh, Thank you for doing all of those. Thanks for following your calling and the desires of your heart that God has given you and, and blessing all of us in the process. Thanks, Paul. I love doing it. I'm blessed that I get to do it. And I hope it continues to be a blessing for people. And, and again, thank you for having me on your podcast again. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks, everybody, for watching, being with us for another edition of Grace to All. Paul Gray today with my guest, Keith Giles. See you all next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.